0: Welcome to SLP Full Disclosure, the podcast for SLPs by SLPs, where we deep dive into a variety of topics to empower, educate, and entertain. Join us each episode to hear from expert guests and topics that matter most. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already, and let's jump into this episode. Hello and welcome to SLP Full Disclosure. I am one of your hosts, Jennifer Martin, and joining me is my co host, Alyssa Hunter.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: All right, listeners, we see you, we hear you, we are in this with you, and know that regardless of what setting you're working in as an SLP, or pretty much anybody for that matter, your work has probably changed significantly and what that looks like. And again, Regardless of setting, we've all had to make adjustments and adapt. And I think, you know, just from my experience and talking with clinicians and therapists that working from home, especially if you were a school-based therapist or are a school-based therapist but are no longer working in the school, but working from home, it's really challenging and it really just is a completely different mindset because this was not expected. And so we didn't have anything to prepare for. But we have learned some tips and ideas and talked to many people and then ourselves working from home have learned some things. And so we wanted to just do this episode to talk about some of those things and hope that something resonates with you and may help. And if not, that you know that there are others in this with you and you are not alone. So we're going to get started and just work from home tips, and some self-care ideas. So Alyssa, why don't you get us started?
1: Yeah, I mean, Jennifer, you said it right. Everyone listening is not alone. The way that I've really made these tips concrete in my life is because I've had so many conversations with so many people struggling with the same things. And one of the biggest things that I've realized and that so many people are struggling with is creating time-bound boundaries for themselves. So when you work in a school or a facility, it's like, you know your start hour, you know your end hour, maybe you stay a little late, but once you leave, you're leaving your materials there, you're leaving your work self there, and then you come home. But now that we're living our lives from the four walls of our homes, wherever that might be, it's really hard to turn that off, especially when you might have co-workers who have different boundaries from you. So maybe they are working into the night or, you know, during lunch or whatever that might be. And so my first tip that I have tried to embody every day is really deciding what your boundaries are with time. So we all know as therapists, we have spillover work. Like it's impossible to 100% get everything done during the day, but giving yourself some structure of when you're gonna do that spillover work. So for me, it's always early in the morning. So I don't mind waking up at 6 a.m., starting my day early and getting my reports done, getting all my emails done. But once the day is finished, for me, that's five o'clock, I am going to be off of my computer, I make myself have plans after work so that I can't just keep working. And five o'clock is my limit at the end of the day. So for some people, that's going to be opposite in the morning, they're, you know, doing their self care routine or whatever. And after work, they're going to, have some of that spillover work time. But even if it is in the evening where maybe there's some more hours to spare, set that cutoff time. Maybe it's that your school lets out at 3.30 and you say, okay, I'm gonna do my spillover work until 4.30 and then I'm done for the day. And so that then you can still have time to take care of yourself because something I love about Jennifer, you know, Jennifer and I work together, obviously. And she always says, Alyssa, I'm not bossy, but when it comes to self-care, I am. And so she'll be bossy with me and say, you need to take a day off or you need to go do something fun. And so you kind of have to embody that with yourself and get bossy with yourself and say, nope, this is my time to, to be me and not my work self. Um, and I think that's so important, especially during these work from home times. Yes, I, I can be a fun bully. I'm um, like, <laughs> you! <laughs> You are going to go do this. It
0: comes from a good place. But um, I also, within my own family, I refer to it as forced family fun. I'm like, we are going to have fun and we're all (laughs) going to like this and we're all going to feel better afterwards. So yes, it's because it's so important. And I love what you said. And one of the things that helps me, because it really is, I think, so hard to know when to turn it off because there's you're never leaving, you know, your work in your office become one. And so I like to envision myself as a business, like a brick and mortar business. And so I'm like, my business, like neon sign click, I am now open for business. Okay. Now I am closed for business. And that helps me because it's like, I set those, those boundaries with, you know, coworkers with myself to know that, you know, I'm available for, you know, for example, eight until five, Um, not before and not after. So Yes. And, and communicating that
1: with people. I was because, just going to say, you. I forgot that point. You have to tell your coworkers mm-hmm. when your open and close sign is, or else you could get into some hot water.
0: Exactly. And one of my favorite sayings is, you know, you teach people how to treat you. So if you're available all the time and answering the phone and emails at 730, then that's the expectations. Like, well, of course they're going to answer because this is what they always do. But if people know... This is when I'm available. And and again, just for your own balance and and mental well-being, you have to set those boundaries. And I even go so far as to when I am done, I turn the computer off because if I don't and I hear that, bing, you know, email this, that, it's like immediately it draws me back in. I can't ignore it because it's like, I know it's there. But turning it off and even disabling those notifications on my phone because we forget People, you know, I love technology. It's what's allowing a lot of us to continue to serve our students right now, but it also creates no off. And so disabling those notifications, turning off the computer, and truly, if you have a door, if you have an office or some way to physically block off that space, I think that's also helpful because I'll do that in my own home office. It's like when the door is closed, I don't go back in there. It's just Mm -hmm. done for the day.
1: Mm -hmm. Or like even creating an activity that you do every time when you're done for the day, like going for a walk or making yourself a yummy snack or whatever it is. Like if you can't figuratively have the ritual of closing the door, like what is it that closes that door to create that boundary for you?
0: Exactly. It's so, so important. And even this is something I think, you know, even when we do go back on site and life resumes, this is important forever. (laughs) This is is not (laughs) something that's just going to be great for this time. This is just a great life philosophy. And so, you know, I'm also trying to keep that in mind and take that with me moving forward when when we resume some normalcy. So
1: transferable skills, I'll tell you what.
0: (laughs) Yes. All right. So my tip is stems from comfort. So what I learned is, and I've been working From home since March. Whereas several of you who have not been, or maybe just starting out your school year, one of the things that, you know, is SLPs. And again, when I was in the hospital, when I was in schools, it didn't matter. We move around. We are not sitting all day. We are moving around. We're getting our students. We're seeing our patients. So it's, you know, it's one of those where we are not used to sitting for long periods of time. And now what I realized right away in March was I was not used to sitting for long periods of time. So I needed to figure out a way to not do that all day because first week in, I'm like, why am I so sore? My back hurts. Like, oh my gosh, it's from sitting. I'm not used to sitting all the time. So, and again, this is where it's being very creative, and you know, not the stand-up desks are expensive. So I actually just created my own stand-up desk and have my desk, and then built just a wooden platform where I have my computer on top of that platform, and then I can sit on a bar stool. So if I want to sit down, I'm still high enough up. But I find that I standing is what helps me and helps me stay awake and alert, especially if I'm on the computer all day and just not. Sit and and be uncomfortable, and I also found too is to you really want to just make sure that because you're going to be using your computer, you're going to be using your mouse and staring at your screen, so you want to make sure that it's an an angle where you're not wrenching your neck and you're not. It's because it's one of those where it you know for a couple days it's probably not going to bother you, but when you do something consecutively for two weeks and you think I can't turn my head, (laughs) my neck hurts so bad. you don't want that thing. You don't want that to happen. You don't want your discomfort to distract from what your job is. So making sure that your computer is at the right angle, that you can stand or sit if that's comfortable for you. Um, And I also, I have found too that Staring at the computer all day, it does a number on my eyes. I sometimes the best way I can describe it is, and I say to my husband, "I'm like I feel like my eyes are going to pop out of my head." And he's, you know, also working from home and staring at his computer all day. It's like me too. So I don't know if other people are experiencing experiencing that sensacious sensation, but trying to talk to people and have a connection with people over the screen and make eye contact the best you can, it puts a big strain on your eyes. So I have some blue blocker glasses that help tremendously. And I notice a big difference when I wear them and don't wear them. So if I have a day, a heavy screen time, I always make sure and put them on because it makes a big difference. And I feel my eyes don't feel like they're going to pop out of my head at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. You also look pretty trendy in them, Jennifer. I know our <laughs> listeners can't see, but I've been eyeing them for a while. You know, I'm ready to order some on Amazon. Amazon. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Amazon. For- three
0: pairs. I got three pairs in one shipment. I don't- oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. So- I might have to come by and pick one up. You know, I, I, for our listeners who... Don't know besides my Bitmoji and my Bitmoji on the cover, I have glasses. But actually, last week I got LASIK, and so now I don't have glasses. And so I'm ready for my Blue Blocker glasses. But when you were talking about building your own stand up desk, I'm laughing because I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I too have a stand up desk, and the way I built it is with. My games. So I have game boxes. So, like, if you looked at it, you'd see like Catan and all this other stuff that's just building up my computer to the exact right height. So, you don't need something fancy or expensive to make things comfortable for your neck and back. It just needs to be functional. So, I found at first I was using an empty box and like my computer would go flying. So, use something sturdy and heavy, um, but really all our SLPs are so creative. So I'm sure you all have a, a lot of ways you can kind of make Jagger um, a comfortable desk.
0: Yes. And like you said, it does not have to cost because I'm back in school and I was doing a group project and one of my classmates is works in a large hospital setting here in Colorado. And he was showing me his stand-up desk that was made, and they actually have a whole team of people in the hospital that goes around and make sure that everything is ergonomic and people are, you know, with the right height. And and when he showed this to me, I said, oh, see, you don't need, it It was, it was seriously books and boxes. All you
1: need is a a good Catan game box, you know? Exactly, yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay. So my next tip is really to do kind of with thinking about nourishing your soul during the workday. So one of my favorite things about going to work is all of the fun interpersonal interactions that you have with your coworkers, like, you know, with your work bestie, with your work acquaintance, with, you know, the fun janitor, like whoever is just having those nice interactions that we lose during the day when we're at home. Because even though you're interacting with your clients, you don't get those nice Um, you know, friendly interactions with your coworkers. And so what I've started doing that's been really helpful is I have a day of the week with some of my girlfriends at work and we have a calendar date where we just meet for 15 minutes if we have the time, sometimes... Thirty minutes if we're feeling crazy, um, and we'll just meet on our platform. So at our company, we use Teams, but you know maybe if you're using Zoom or what Google Hangouts, you can meet there. And so that we can still have that nice co worker interaction where we're, you know, sharing stories about our life, we're checking in on each other to see how we're doing, giving tips to each other, and just still keeping up with those nice interpersonal relationships. And I think that that's part of what makes. A job rewarding is having that nice work culture of those interpersonal relationships. And so thinking about even though you're not seeing them, you know, before the day starts or your usual lunch crew, how can you build that into your week sometime so that you can still keep up your communications and have that positive reinforcement as well as, of course, you know, a place to vent or like a place where you need to just like walk through some things. And so I think it's really important to keep that up and don't let that slide past you in the, you know, chaotic day that we we all experience with clients.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was just on watching a news story this morning that was talking about just this skyrocketing, you know, mental health issues with our children and students because they haven't been able to be around their classmates and their friends. And we as adults are no different and we need those social interactions. We are social animals. And I know sometimes that even at the end of the day, I can't do any more screen. You know, I used to have at the beginning of all this, you know, we had a lot of happy hours and meetups with friends on Zoom, and we all got to the point where we're like, I can't look at the screen anymore. And so, we do these fun uh, Marco Polo apps or just phone calls. I found even just sitting. And putting on my earbuds and making a phone call so we can just hear Mm -hmm. each other's voices because we all felt like, I can't, I I don't want to look at the screen anymore, but it's so important. And sometimes it's, you know, even when I feel really tired and I think, oh, I don't want to, I, you know, I just feel like I've talked all day. I don't want to talk some more. I always feel better after meeting with a friend, going for a walk with somebody, you know, I don't know what's happening in, in your areas, but there's a lot of outdoor dining options here in Colorado. So meeting up with friends for lunch, or we have a lot of breweries, and that has been just huge. Is, and, and again, if those aren't options and you don't feel comfortable going out and socializing with people, phone call. Just even yeah. hearing those comforting voices, talking, laughing, it is huge. And And if you think... Oh, I don't need to do that. That's not me. Do it anyway. This is my 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 bully. (laughs)
1: This is so bossy.
0: (laughs) Because you have to, and sometimes it's one of those areas where you don't know how much you need it until it's gone too far. And so it's you know prevent, don't treat, and that to me is preventative. Is making sure you maintain those relationships and have those connections with people.
1: Yes. Something that I've done, I'm a very conservative COVID person. So I've barely been seeing anyone in the way that has been really helpful for me when I am just like screen timed out is I'll actually make a walking date with a friend on the phone. So we'll both agree we're going to go on a walk at that time. So we're both getting the benefits of fresh air. And also, I think I always have better conversations when I'm walking, but we're talking on the phone instead of meeting in person, or maybe they're a friend who lives, you know, in a different location than me. And that's been really fun because like I used to always be like, oh yeah, let's meet up and go on a walk. But nowadays I'm not really doing that, but I'm still getting that feeling of socializing, moving my body going on a walk and being able to catch up with someone. And so that has also been a lifesaver for me. If, if you're anything like me and I have just basically only seen people you've lived with since COVID, then that's a, a killer tip I could suggest.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And it's kill- you get your exercise, you get fresh air, you get your socialization. Mm-hmm. That's a- Endorphins. Some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I'm going to discuss something that I is near and dear to my heart. And those of you who have children or other family members at home that are also schooling or working at the same time that you are trying to work, I hear you and I know that it can be very challenging. And this has honestly been one of the biggest vent sessions that my friends and I have. Um, I've Um, I feel like I'm lucky in that my kids are at an age where I don't have to police them all the time. They're pretty independent. They know what they need to do for school. And here in Colorado, we're doing two weeks of remote. So this is the end. And the next week, they actually, hopefully, will get to go back on site. But, you know, last in the spring, they were also doing this. So this has been going on for quite some time. And it is challenging, especially if you have a child at home that isn't as independent, needs your help, you're trying to work, you're trying to see your students that you need to work with, your child needs help. Sometimes you may have a significant other that can help, but sometimes you may not, and it may just be you. So I hear you, and I know that this is a huge challenge. So I'm going to share with you some things that have helped me, but also talking to several of my friends that have younger children that has helped them tremendously to survive this and help their family members survive as well. (laughs) So the first one is just, again, going back to that creating boundaries and making sure the family is aware of them. So with my own children, even though they are quite independent, what I will do is tell them at the beginning of the day, this is what my day looks like today. These are when I'm going to have breaks. So if you have questions about schoolwork or something, this is when I want you to prioritize coming and asking me. If it's urgent, then you can stand at the door and let me know and I can see you and know if it's a time where I can come and help you. But most of the time it's not urgent and it's, I can't figure out this problem or I need help with this. So that has helped tremendously. And it also helps them just understand the expectations. We all want to know just what are the expectations. So it helps them know there are built-in times during the day that I will be available, but the other times I just need you to hold tight until I am. And I've had some friends with younger children, they've used visual reminders. So I have a friend who's got a stop sign on her door. And when the stop sign's up, that means I'm working, you cannot come in. And then it flips and it's a green light and that's when they can come in. So they know visually, even if they don't need them at that moment, they do know, oh, if it's green, I can go in. If it's red, I need to stop. And especially, like I said, for younger kids, anytime you can have that visual reminder is gonna help so much. But also when you're planning your schedule, if you do have kids at home, build in those breaks for yourself. You know, that's one of the beautiful things about having schooling being done this way is that you do have some control over your schedule and what that's going to look like. So if, if you have young kids, definitely every couple of hours build in a break, whether it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, so that you can be available. And I wouldn't have it go okay, after five hours, I'll be available because sometimes, you know, their school day is over at that time. So have those built-in breaks where you, and that's where you can also communicate to them. I'm going to come check in with you at this time, this time, this time. And then they know as well that if something comes up, oh, she's going to be here soon. I know it's almost time. Um, and also just creating those rules. So letting them know, communicating, and something else that um, some friends of mine have done that's been really helpful also, and again, I know this is not going to work for everybody, but if there are two adults in the home, then this is a lot easier <laughs> because you can almost break up the day. So I have friends that say, I, I work three consecutive hours and then my significant other is in charge for that period of time. And then we switch. So then And they've communicated that with their employers and they've said, I get it. You know, as long as you get your job done, I don't care. I know that might be harder for those of you providing services and therapy to have three hours, but even if you can say this hour is mine and you're on duty for this hour, because then you know, if they need something, they can come to you and I can focus on what I need to do. And that's again, where you want to make sure the kids know and understand the expectations. Um, and that's, again, what's helped for a, a kind of bit of a lifesaver for sev- several of my my friends. And the last one is just to give yourself parents. Again, I see you, I hear you. This is so challenging for so many, it, it, I, I keep saying the, the layers, are they just never end. And it's a, it's a real challenge right now. And so, please. One of the things that I have started doing with myself and has helped tremendously is just give yourself grace. So I make a list where I say, and I do this professionally and personally. So things that have to get done that day, things that I need to get done this week and things that they don't have a certain timeline, but if I can, whenever I can get to them, great. And that has helped me so, because otherwise I'm just spinning and those things are all blending together. And when I write it down, I see, oh, okay, really, these are the things I have to get done today. So it's not all these other things. And that has helped me just decrease anxiety, feel like this is more manageable. And, you know, so it's like, okay, if nobody has a clean pair of underwear left, laundry is a priority that day. That's today, but otherwise sometime this week it can get done. Same with your professional life. If there is something that absolutely has to get done that day, or for example, if you say, I know I have two IPs next week, so I know sometime this week I need to get those done. And then again, every day I change that. So if I know, okay, and it, it feels so good to cross those things off. Let me tell you, that is just endorphin rush. And so if I have a manageable, you know, these are the things I have to get done today. And then I can cross them off. It feels like a really big accomplishment. And then it doesn't feel like you have to conquer everything. So keep it simple. Manage your expectations of yourself and give yourself grace because there's going to be things that you don't get done and it's okay. And I have to remind myself too, none of this is life and death. None of it. It is all, you know, nobody's going to lose a life over this. So just remind yourself that when it feels like the weight of the world is on you and model calm for your children, even if you don't feel it, there's times where it's like, I know I'm, uh, but I have to, you know, it's okay. This is fine. Because then if I'm modeling that, they're able to, to have those same expectations of themselves. So that's just kind of my my tips for for you parents out there.
1: Yeah, it's so funny while well, while you're talking, Jennifer, you know, I don't have children and I'm thinking though everything you're saying is also things that are helpful for your co-workers, for your parents you work with and for yourself always. And so like creating clear expectations and, you know, giving visual cues and having your to-do list that's like, this is urgent, need to have done by today and in the future. And so all of these things that go towards managing your family, it's almost like your kids are your co-workers now. And we all are. are. Yes. yes. and I'm running um, a business here. <laughs> you really are. And I think that when you can think about like, okay, well, this is what I would need to communicate to a coworker in the workplace. Like, this is also something I need to communicate to my little coworker and make sure that they know that this is the deal that's going on. Um, Something that, that I've been thinking about also when you're talking, and I think that as therapists, we often say this to parents, that we always want you having positive experiences with your children, right? And with this time of everyone being so close together, things can get tense. Things can get, you know, like when... Your kids want to be talking to you, but you're not available. And, you know, you want to try to limit those negative experiences as much as possible. And so creating those boundaries allow for that structured time to have that positive play, to have that time to, you know, go outside for 15 minutes together and play catch or do your favorite activity. And so having that can really increase their memories of their positive experiences, as well as how you feel on the day-to-day. But the last tip that I want to leave you all with, you know, I think we've been talking a lot about boundaries throughout this whole conversation, but one more way that I've been thinking about boundaries that's been really helpful for me is creating spatial boundaries with my work materials. And so, you know, when you're in an office, in a school or wherever, you might have a lot of stuff with you, a lot of different games, paperwork, file cabinets, and then suddenly we're at home and you just don't have that. But you might still have a lot of things with you, paper-based or activity-based. And something that's been really helpful is that I will create a designated amount of space where my work materials can go. So I literally have like this bin that I got, I swear, my freshman year of college to like go under my bed from like Target. You know, they have the college get ready stuff. I still have those things. I don't know what that says about me, but whatever. And I say any material that fits in this box, I'm allowed to have in my home. If it does not fit in this box, then I cannot have it in my home. And I either need to give it to a friend, keep it at my office at work, or do something else with it. But this is the space I have. Or maybe you have a bookshelf where you're keeping things and you say, this is the shelf where I have to keep my work stuff. And if it's overflowing, then that might mean that it's time for you to clean and organize. That might mean that you have to decide, okay, well, do I really need this stuff here that I'm actually not going to be using till the spring or whatever it is. But by creating these spatial boundaries, it makes it so that your stuff does not end up all over your house. And so whether it be these bigger things or even like, you know, Jennifer and I always joke about this sticky note ravine where you like keep writing on sticky notes and it becomes a whole river of sticky notes. Even if it's like containing where those sticky notes go or where your notebooks are, creating those spatial boundaries can allow you at the end of the day to say, I'm not doing my work anymore. Even if you don't have a door, you can kind of shut your laptop, have everything only in its designated spot, and then walk away from it so that you're not sitting on the couch, you know, watching your favorite TV show and then also having your IEPs scattered everywhere. So disclaimer, this is also important for HIPAA when it comes to things like IEPs or documents, but also for all of that other stuff that you just keep with you. Um... It's really a wonderful thing to keep it contained.
0: Yes, and this resonates with me very much because I really struggle with keeping myself organized, and one of my favorite podcasters has this expression that outer order equals inner calm. And that could mm. not be more true for myself, and I know for a lot of people. So what I find as well is keeping my space organized and put together really does help me mentally focus. Um, and like Alyssa said, it's I call mine my sticky note graveyard instead of a ravine. And <laughs> well, I'm actually looking it. at them right now thinking it's time. It is time to purge because I know that... and, and I also find that if I'm feeling disorganized or I'm feeling, oh, where am I going to begin today? If I clean up and organize my, my setting, it immediately centers me and I am ready to begin. I know where, and I think just having designated areas helps me tremendously. So I've got my all my pens together in their designated spot. And then I've created, I brought in a little bowl that I can put in my chapstick or my lotion and things so I also know where everything is. Everything has its place. And, you know, even though I have a designated office where I could just close it and not worry about it, I still want it to be very organized and be able to find what I need. And again, it just helps you feel more put together because especially if you're doing teletherapy for the first time and you're, if you're trying, scrambling, trying to find something or, oh, where's my note? i got to take data, having everything near you, prepared, organized, it really will take a lot of that stress away of feeling discombobulated, especially as you're learning a new Mm -hmm. task. So
1: yeah, I actually, I've started doing this as a daily ritual, which sounds insane that I need to clean and organize my space every single day. But I find, you know, we talked about like closing off your day and what are you gonna do? That's kind of what I do is I say, okay I'm gonna throw out all my old sticky notes. I have this random bowl of yogurt here that I ate a few <laughs> hours ago. I have my coffee mug still here my notebook is scattered and I try to get everything organized and that's like my last five minutes of the day. So then when I step back into my office the next day I'm like, okay. I'm ready and it's a, a fresh start. And so it's nice to kind of try to keep up with it on a very regular basis um, so that then your sticky note graveyard does not become too big or, you know, you don't lose too many chapsticks in the process um, and you could kind of try to keep your sanity that way. Yeah. Um, But you all are doing so great out there. I know I talk to tons of therapists every week as well as Jennifer does. And I'm just so impressed with the resilience, the perseverance, the innovation that everyone's showing. And so this sounds kind of cheesy, but thank you to everyone who's being so flexible and adjustable right now and helping so many people out there because the world needs you. So if no one's told you that today... Thank you so much for everything you're doing.
0: Yes, and thank you for joining us. We hope that something resonated and will help going forward. But really, just at the end of the day, this is not life or death. And this too shall pass. It's This is temporary. I know a lot of times it doesn't feel like that, but it really is. And you're doing good work. You're doing good work. And in order to continue to do good work, You have to take care of you because if you're not, (laughs) I could tell my kids, if mama's not right, nobody's right. So you (laughs) have to take care of you so that you can continue to take care of others. And that's so important for now going forward. And uh, you know, to echo Alyssa, thank you. I know this takes a lot of grit and We can do hard things. It's temporary and we can do hard things. So thank you so much. And we hope you all have a great start to the school if you haven't started. And we will talk
1: to you soon. See you next time. And if you'd like to get in touch with us at the podcast, send us an email at slpfulldisclosure at gowithadvanced.com. And each episode's show notes are available at the website, gowithadvanced.com backslash SLP full disclosure and make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to get the latest updates and if you want to give us a little shout out, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps spread the word. Also, special thanks to Jonathan Carey for producing this episode and Aiden Dykes for the music and editing and as always, this episode was powered by Advanced Travel Therapy. See you next time.